Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The volume. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. I was looking at NBA futures this morning. The Golden State Warriors are plus 5,500 right now on DraftKings to win the title. So if you believe in them, that's a big number. And Denver, I have Denver as my championship favorite. And they're still the second best odds on DraftKings right now at plus 450. So lots of good NBA bets to look at over the course of the end of the season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code HOOPS. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit, wagering, and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope all of you guys are having an incredible week. Well, we got a, what looked like a complete dud of a game between the Lakers and the Clippers before LeBron James decided to single-handedly turn it into a very interesting basketball game. Single-handedly outscored the Clippers in the fourth quarter. Single-handedly broke down their switching defense and then got the biggest play of the game at the end, stopping Kawhi Leonard when he had a chance to tie the game. We're going to break that game down 
from the perspective of both teams. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. It would mean a lot to me if you guys would take a second to scroll down and hit that subscribe button. Don't forget about our podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts under Hoops Tonight. It's also super helpful if you leave a rating and a review on there for me. Uh, on Twitter, at underscore JasonLT. That's where I leave film threads as well as show announcements. And then also keep dropping mailbag questions in the YouTube comments. We're going to do a mailbag in Friday's show later this week. Also, last but not least, before we get started, have you guys ever had like a bad ticket buying experience? Maybe you put a ticket in the cart and you go to check out and all of a sudden all these Fees get added, ends up being way more than you expected, or maybe you bought a ticket and then you show up to the arena and the seat isn't what you expected, or maybe it's just this overly convoluted process that ends up just being a gigantic pain, right? Well, this is where I want to talk to you guys about game time. Game time has all in pricing. So you can see your total upfront, so you know exactly how much money you're going to be spending for what you're getting. You also can see the, uh, the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what you're getting yourself into when you show up to the arena. And then in addition to that, you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. It's a super easy process. I highly recommend that you guys give it a try. Obviously, with basketball, uh, it's fun to watch on TV, but there are a lot of guys out there like Steph and KD and LeBron that aren't going to be around that much longer. I mean, hell, look at that game tonight from LeBron James. Wouldn't it have been cool to be there in person, to see in one of LeBron's final seasons, to see what he's still capable of doing. Get out to an arena and see these guys in person. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code HOOPS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code HOOPS. That's H O O P S for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk some basketball. So, you know, it's funny. I was thinking as I was getting ready for the show, this game tonight just kind of felt like a microcosm of the last few years, or I should say this entire, you know, half decade that LeBron has been with the Lakers because it's been just a whole lot of mediocrity and incompetence that LeBron has been covering for. I'm watching a team that doesn't have any two-way athletes on the perimeter, guys that can defend and rebound at a high level while also uh, being a plus offensive player that aren't LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That was a problem we knew of after the Denver Nuggets series. And the front office was unable to solve that problem over the offseason and chose to not solve that problem over this deadline. I'm watching a team that tactically doesn't seem to have any idea how to deal with the switching defense, which we'll talk about in a little bit when we get more into the X's and O's. And LeBron just single-handedly saves them from themselves there down the stretch of that fourth quarter. And it's just, it's so interesting to me over the years, whether it's LeBron bringing Anthony Davis to town, obviously what he brings to the table as a basketball player and as a basketball mind and his ability to solve the chess match that's taking place on the court. Time and time again, it's incompetence that LeBron turns into results. And it's just crazy. It, it, it's honestly a bummer to me that he's in this type of situation where it requires him doing absurd stuff like this to win while many of his peers at the top of the league are playing on teams and, and for organizations that just do a better job setting their their star players up to succeed. It's it's a little discouraging, but at the same time, it's a testament to LeBron's greatness. And I just thought tonight that game was just a microcosm of everything that we saw from the Lakers over the course of this last half decade. Now, this game had a really interesting tactical dynamic that was taking place. The, the Lakers really struggled for the first three quarters and change as they went down by, I think, 20-plus there 
in the early part of the fourth quarter. Now, the question is why? Why were the Lakers struggling so much early? There were three things that I want to kind of draw attention to. First of all, the Lakers roster, because they don't have athletes on the perimeter, and they're one guy who really, uh, they're two guys that really can create an advantage in terms of like, uh, uh, individual greatness as athletes are Anthony Davis and LeBron James, right? And Anthony Davis was being schemed out of this game by the Clippers in a lot of ways, which we'll talk about. And then LeBron, because he's older, you know, he doesn't want to have to try to hit the gas all the damn time to try to inflict his physical will on the game. All of the other guys, even though they're young, they're all skill-oriented players that primarily rely on advantage situations. Guys like Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, even Spencer Dinwiddie to a certain extent. Rui has got a little bit of uh, physical overwhelming stuff that he brings to the table, but obviously he's a player that has some limitations. But they've got a lot of guys that require advantage situations to succeed. So against traditional NBA coverages, there are a lot of baked in advantage situations. So if you run a ball screen and a team has a scheme set up where their guard is chasing over the top and they have a big man sitting in a drop coverage, there is a baked in driving lane. D'Angelo Russell knows I'm going to turn the corner here because the guy who's guarding me is his scheme is to go over the top of the screen. Same thing goes for Austin Reeves, right? And that's where you see D'Angelo Russell be the pick and roll maestro that we know he can be. That's where we've seen Austin Reeves take leaps as a pick-and-roll playmaker over the course of this season compared to where he was early in the season. But when you face a team like the Clippers and they switch as much as they do, all of a sudden those baked-in openings aren't there anymore. Instead of Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell coming off of a ball screen into a like a schemed-in driving lane, instead he's meeting another defender right away. And that defender is another athlete on the perimeter that can guard. That's one of the strengths of the Clippers roster, right? Which is why they switch as much as they do. And so what ends up happening so often for the Lakers in these environments is they run into a team that does a lot of switching and all of a sudden there's just a lot of dribbling around on the perimeter and no one's able to get the ball into the paint. No one's able to draw a second defender to get the ball into rotation so that those guys can work with an advantage. Again, there's multiple ways to work with an advantage. We talked about the baked-in ones in the coverage, but the other big one is if you can bring two guys to the basketball in some way, shape, or form, whether that's a double team in the post, a double team on the perimeter, or even driving and engaging a help defender, then when you start swinging the ball around in the, like in a driving kick situation, now Austin Reeves or, or D'Angelo Russell or Torian Prince or whoever is catching the ball on the perimeter with a guy sprinting at him. Now he has an advantage because if he doesn't sprint out at him, he can shoot the three. If he does sprint out at him, he can pick an angle, beat him off the dribble, and make the next play from there, whether that's finishing the play or uh, or making that next pass to the next closeout guy, right? So, like, literally, it, when, when they're in rotation, they can look really skilled, and the Laker offense has looked awesome over the course of the last month or so, in large part because they have so much offensive skill on the floor. But what they don't have are offensive players that are like brute force athletes that can beat matchups consistently in a one-on-one -on -one setting, except for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And so early in the game, it was a lot of passivity. LeBron himself was kind of passive. I thought in that second quarter run when Anthony Davis was in foul trouble, he was kind of in chill mode a little bit. Totally get it. 39 years old. He's waiting to see when he needs to hit the gas, right? Anthony Davis was in foul trouble. In addition to that, he picked up his second foul being physically aggressive with a rip through to the left on Mason Plumlee. Mason Plumlee did a nice job sliding his feet, taking the contact in the chest and taking a charge. So now even Anthony Davis is being a little physically passive. And then on the other end of the floor, 
The Clippers were getting awesome stuff because early in the game, LeBron wasn't guarding Kawhi, so he was taking advantage of Rui Hachimura, taking advantage of Torian Prince, just killing those guys uh, in individual uh, like individual basketball. And then in that second quarter run when the Clippers took their lead, it was a combination of James Harden picking on Jackson Hayes in pick and roll and weak on ball defense, right? So as James Harden's coming downhill, Jackson Hayes is in this deep drop coverage and Harden's just killing him with the classic like low gather where he just kind of dribbles the ball and kind of exposes his arms out and he tries to bait the big man into raking across his arms so that he can go up and finish. And he was killing Jackson Hayes. So as the Clippers were pulling away, it was like James Harden in pick and roll, generating all these quality shots. And then on the other end of the floor, the Clippers switching, just stagnating the Lakers and causing all of these problems. But that dynamic flipped there in that fourth quarter. And there were two major factors that I thought led to that dynamic flipping. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First. What was, in my opinion, a smart adjustment from Darvin Ham. He brings Jackson Hayes into the uh, into that lineup to start the fourth quarter, and he starts blitzing hard in pick and rolls instead of dropping. Now, again, pick and roll drop, guards chasing over the top, big man's waiting in the lane. So there's the baked-in driving lane like we talked about earlier. Harden's really good at working with that, right? 
a blitz. The guard's still chasing over the top, but Jackson Hayes is meeting Harden at the other so- uh, side of the screen, and they are trapping him and trying to make that over-the-top pass difficult. Now, offensively, what do you do to beat a blitz? You've got to get the ball over the top to the big man rolling to the basket in that short roll situation, and he's got to make reads four on three and pick the team apart. This was smart by the Lakers because it was Mason Plumley, who is by far the best athlete among all of the Clippers centers that they have. So Plumley immediately just, just has a complete meltdown against the Lakers blitz and has no idea how to handle those four on threes. The Lakers start turning the Clippers over, getting out in transition. They start having all this success. As a result, the Clippers had to, uh, Ty Lue had to take Mason Plumley out of the game and bring in Daniel Dice, who's a much better offensive player than Mason Plumley, but is nowhere near the athlete and defender that Mason Plumley is. From there, LeBron started picking on Daniel Tice in switches. And again, when it comes to the when it comes to the switching defense, there's a bunch of different ways that you can attack it tactically, and we're not going to get into that tonight, just for time's sake. But one of the best ways to do it is just pick on matchups. And if you can pick on matchups, you can either score one-on-one or start to draw multiple defenders into the equation. LeBron starts picking on Daniel Tice and switches and is hitting his step-back three. As he's cooking Daniel Tyson switches, that's not only scoring points, but that's putting Ty Lue in a predicament where now he's like, ah, what are we going to do? We got to do something. Okay, we're going to start just openly doubling LeBron 30 feet from the basket. So now they're doubling LeBron. What do the Lakers have on the other side of that? A four-on-three, except for who's operating that four-on-three? D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, Anthony Davis, a bunch of really skilled offensive players. And they all are in advantage situations now. One of the things that was really smart that D'Lo was doing, we talked about the short roll, right? So you set the ball screen, you roll right there to the top of the key. What D'Lo was doing, he was making himself available in the middle of the floor. So instead of just standing out on the perimeter, as soon as LeBron got doubled, he would flash to the middle of the floor, and then he was making the kickout pass from there. He made the kickout pass to Rui, right? Rui has a wide open three. He misses it. But there's another mismatch because LeBron switched or because the ball screen switched Tice onto LeBron. Now Anthony Davis has Kawhi on him. And as a result, he's by far the biggest player around the rim. He had multiple offensive rebounds down the stretch. Gets a big offensive rebound. It gets worked back around. Rui Hachimura makes the next three. Another double team of LeBron at the top of the key to D'Angelo Russell. To Rui in the corner. Hard closeout. Rui rips baseline and gets that up and under and finishes on the other side of the rim. Again, an advantage situation. He's working with the player closing out at him. He was able to get that because LeBron was torching Tice in switches, which was bringing the double teams. You could, guys can kind of get the drift. And then one of the biggest plays of the game was that skip pass uh, skip pass to LeBron or from LeBron to D'Lo when he had another double team. And D'Lo hit what's called a no-dip jumper. So a lot of guys that catch, you know, Regardless of where you throw the ball, they have like a muscle memory for their jump shot. And their muscle memory starts from like down in their shooting pocket, like down here. So if the pass doesn't get like right into the shooting pocket, they can have some issues. And even some guys, even on the catch, they need to like set their rhythm. So they'll like take a step and like kind of like reset their shooting pocket and then they'll go up. But the best shooters in the world, their shooting release starts from up here. 
So no matter where they catch, they can catch from up here and go right into the pocket. They can catch down here, go right up into the pocket. They catch out here, go right up into the pocket. Or hell, that pass from LeBron literally hit him up here and he just caught it and shot it. That's what the best shooters in the world can do. And D'Angelo Russell, again, when he has an advantage, is one of the one of the more skilled offensive players in the league that can make plays out of that. And so all of it fundamentally came down to the Lakers blitzing Mason Plumley off the floor and then LeBron just absolutely flambeing Daniel Tice and forcing double teams so that they can get the defense into rotation. I thought it was <laughs> it was one of one of the craziest craziest like single-handed, you know, superstar efforts to turn around a basketball game that I've ever seen. The Lakers looked completely lifeless. They looked like they didn't believe they can win. They looked like they were on the verge of falling apart completely and LeBron pulled them back from the brink. It was unbelievable. And then the other thing on the defensive end of the floor, the Lakers continued solid blitzing even after Tice came into the game. Solid blitzing and rotating on the back end. Just Again, once belief is a huge part of this. You got to believe in what you're doing. If you believe in what you're doing, you'll play hard. If you don't believe in what you're doing, you won't play hard. And that was what was happening to the Lakers early. They they weren't scoring. They couldn't get it. Like It all just fell apart for them in the effort and energy parts in the game. Down the stretch, all of a sudden, LeBron just injected like a giant shot of belief into the team. Now, all of a sudden, they're giving a defensive effort and intensity that they just didn't give earlier in the game. So they were... Blitzing and rotating the hard and pick and rolls really well. And then LeBron James, it, you know, it's funny. At this phase of his career, because of his age, he's not quick enough to deal with the super, super fast players in the league. But Kawhi Leonard is another power player. And LeBron <clears throat> can do a lot to disrupt Kawhi's power-related game. And one of the things they were doing, Kawhi was bringing up, uh, you know, like uh, other Clipper guards into the screening action to try to attack D'Angelo Russell. The Lakers were just hedging and recovering, right? So LeBron would step back. D'Lo would hedge, D'Lo would recover, LeBron would sprint back up to Kawhi, and he'd get there before he could load up into his shot. And Kawhi broke free a couple of times out of set actions for the Clippers down the stretch, but LeBron did a really, really good job on him, including some off-ball denial. And then on the biggest play of the game, when the Lakers are up two, Kawhi's not going to go to the bully ball on LeBron. He knows that's not going to work on LeBron, so he goes to a really tough left shoulder fade along the baseline. LeBron gets a great contest. It's way short. And the Lakers come out with the win. Just, just unbelievable stuff from LeBron James. I continue to be completely amazed by what he's able to do at this phase of his career. He is flat out better than he was last year. Just flat out better than he was last year in year 21. Uh, it doesn't even make any sense. One last Laker I wanted to shout out. I thought Austin Reeves, even through the dregs of the game when things were really not going well, he was one of the big elements to keeping the Lakers involved in this game. He was really active at the point of attack, active with his hands, forcing deflections, forcing turnovers, and then he was consistently the guy that was beating the Clippers down the floor in transition. I feel like he had four or five runouts in this game. Austin Reeves' defensive playmaking was a big part of why this wasn't a 25-30 point game during some of the middle portions of the game. You know, he missed a couple shots late, and he wasn't one of the guys who was super active on the offensive end during that uh, late game comeback, but he was a huge reason why that comeback comeback was even possible with some of the playmaking that he had uh, during the middle of the game, particularly on the defensive end of the floor. And then lastly, just a big, big picture with the Lakers, LeBron's jump shot was always something that I was super encouraged about with this Lakers team this year. He just trusts it and is so much more confident with it than he was last year. Last year, he was like 
one of the worst seasons of this phase of his career as a jump shooter. This season is like one of the best seasons of his entire career as a jump shooter. That was something that gave me a lot of optimism about this team. That was why I wanted the Lakers to make some sort of trade at the deadline to bring in a two-way athlete. It was because of the fact that I believed that this was worth investing in. And, and now here's the thing. If Jared Vanderbilt can't come back, this Laker team, in my opinion, has only a, a very, very, very minuscule chance of winning the title. I just do not think they're good enough in terms of two-way talent on the perimeter. But that's your case. The case is LeBron is still insane. Anthony Davis brings you incredible two-way play. You have this skill guard core. And then Jared Vanderbilt, brings basically that do-everything Swiss Army Knife athlete on the perimeter that can guard the other team's best player, help you clean up the defensive glass. They even figured out a bunch of stuff over the course of January, the end of January, and early February to like find a way to get Jared, Anderville involved, Jared Vanderbilt involved more offensively without having to just spot him up at the three-point line, more cutting and screening and moving and getting him around the basket. They had a bunch of double-figure scoring games that they got out of him. That's the case. LeBron brings you, you know, top five, six player in the world type of play. Anthony Davis does the same. You get Jared Vanderbilt back healthy, bringing you that that do everything forward. And then Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell bring the skill, skill core. There's just a tiny, tiny, tiny light there at the end of the tunnel. That's what the light looks like. And it's just a question of whether or not they can stay locked in long enough and believe in it long enough to, to, to have a chance when they actually get to that point. And and we'll see we'll see what they can do over the course of the next couple of weeks. Uh, they have a game, the tail end of a back to back tomorrow against Washington. That win tonight is gigantic on that front because it goes from splitting a a, a back to back to uh, turning it into a two and zero stretch. And you're about to have a bunch of home games against good teams, but a bunch of home games. And one of the things with these home games for the Lakers is they do tend to bring the effort eventually, even if it's not early in the game. Something about that Laker home crowd. Just, just, just gets them to to fight in a way that, at least down the stretch, uh, in a way that sometimes they struggle with on the road. And so, again, tiny little light at the end of the tunnel. It's just gonna be a question of whether or not the Lakers can get there. Uh, on the Clippers front, being down Paul George obviously is a severe lack. Uh, uh, takes away from your playmaking versatility, right? Like it's one of those things where you kind of run out of bodies, right? So, like if you're blitzing James Harden pick and rolls and you have the personnel to do so, and uh, LeBron's doing a good job on Kawhi Leonard, but Paul George is drawing a lesser defender. That's where, or if Paul George brings the better defender that's on Harden over to Paul George, now Harden's got a better, a weaker defender on him, that's where you have just an additional option to go to offensively in a quarter where you only scored 16 points. Also, Avika Zubac is your best combination of like size and length and offensive skill. Uh, not quite, then obviously not the athlete that Mason Plumley is, but he's bigger and longer than uh, Daniel Tice is, and he's a much better player that can operate in the short role and do more damage on the offensive glass and those blitz. Because, like, again, if you blitz, Anthony Davis or the big man has to come further out from the basket, right? In that situation, that's where you can have rebounding issues on the back line. That's where Zubach can have some success, right? The Lakers got more of the contested rebounds down the stretch by virtue of Zubach not being out there. And then lastly on the Clippers fronts, Clippers front. Sometimes you just get LeBron. Like he's a uh, at at worst the second best player of all time. The best player, depending on who you ask. I think it's razor thin margin between him and MJ. Sometimes LeBron James just does LeBron James things and you lose. And, and so I, I don't really take too much away from the Clippers on this front. They're going through a little bit of a slow a lull right now. Their defense isn't as good as it typically is. They're dealing with some injuries, so I, I wouldn't overthink it. 
but it just goes to show you, just like all these contenders, they need to be healthy in order to reach their individual ceiling. All right, guys, that is all I have for tonight. Uh, we are going to be back tomorrow night after the final buzzer of Knicks Warriors live on YouTube. So I'll see you guys then. Yeah. Um, I'll see you guys then. We also have a video coming out tomorrow morning going over some uh, championship betting odds stuff, opportunities, as well as MVP stuff. And we're going to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers for a little bit. So that'll be in tomorrow's video. As always, I really appreciate you guys, and I will see you then. Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.